listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast, the new brand of AM radio. Hey, everybody. Good evening. Welcome back to the AntsMarching.org podcast. We are on episode 90. We're recording here on Thursday night, May 24th now. Yeah, yeah. What that means is we are three nights into the tour. So it's kind of a good time to wrap up. I mean, there's been a lot of stuff going on, obviously, right? Not just the tour. <clears throat> but uh, but yeah, we got a lot going on. I've got Joseph with me here. Joe, how are you doing, buddy? Not too bad, man. Glad to be with you. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, I'm ready to dive into it. So do you got a drink? Yeah, I do have a drink. Um, you know, thanks to our friends. Um, well, Joe Gallo, John Weiss, these guys are good dudes. They sent us stuff back when they were at um, Sammy Adams. We got some beer. Now we were blessed with some Kona Brewing uh, that you might have seen on the end's Twitter. But what we're we're gonna dive into something a little different today, okay? This is a, a beer, uh, not a beer. I'm sorry, it just comes in a can that looks like one. It's called <laughs> Man Can, and uh, the tagline is "Shut up and drink." I'm I'm okay like with that. that. I like that tagline. I'm okay with that. So, um, this is a, a white wine with fizz in a can. So this is meant for tailgating. You know, you throw it in the cooler. You don't have to worry about bottles, glass, anything like that. You you drink it, you crush it, you throw it in the recycle. So um, this one says, thought up by a guy who lives in an old firehouse, walks to work with his dog, has two bikes and a trike, and wanted to move beyond stemware. At Mancan, we believe wine is for drinking, not pairing, and our notes are more rock than classical. Crush one at the game, throw one in your back pocket on the camping trip, or pop one open at your favorite dive car, dive bar. Mancan, shut up and drink. <laughs> oh, oh man. you're like an official spokesman. Yeah, I'm gonna pop. You want to pop these? Yeah. Oh, I was waiting for that to go over your microphone before I did it. Okay, here we go. All right. It smells like a white wine. Uh, you know what? You're going. You're going out of the can. Let me tell you something. I've. I'm highbrow, Joe. It's a mad can. You got to go out of the can. Ah, it's, it's good. No, Let's see. No corkscrew required. That's not bad. For a can, for a can wine, this is. Uh, you've had can wine before? No, I've had box wine. <laughs> okay, you made it sound like you're, you're experienced in can oh, no, wine. No, no, not a can wine connoisseur. That was I actually like really the, good. I feel like the fizz is appropriate because we have a lot to celebrate. We have some some good shows to talk about. Some album getting closer. Um, I think the I think the fizz is appropriate for this mood. I'm. Glad you think so. I, I'm I'm enjoying it. I'm going to drink the whole thing for sure. I'll and be maybe done some in more. Like two minutes. Might move on to the Kona after this. There you go. Anyway, so yeah, so um, what I, I like to call it the TX three, the three Texas shows here uh, to start the to start the uh, tour. Joe, how many did you go to? Did you make it to? <laughs> I made it to four of the three. That's what I was wondering. <laughs> did you make it any? Yeah, I went to the tour opener. So uh had to see, love a tour opener, love the surprises with a tour opener. So made it out to Woodlands if, to see all the new merchandise, see the stage set up, and be surprised with who was going to be on the stage and what the band would play. And um, no regrets. It was, a, it was an awesome time. Have they, have they ever come out with a, a brand new song as an opener? Like, I'm thinking about the 2000, the 2000 tour. Um Obviously, the uh, the Lily White sessions were still in play back then, um, and I remember what was it? Was it Columbus they played six nineteen two thousand? I want to say was the first show of that tour. I'm bringing up Tour Central right now. It was the nineteenth at Polaris in Columbus. So yes, 
that that was a show that everybody was really anticipating because um you know we were thinking you know gray street uh that that show saw gray street sweet up and down um digging a ditch which we didn't we knew right just not full band bartender which we knew not full band but that was the first sweet up and first gray street um but certainly did not open so i guess what i'm getting around to is how did it feel to to for the show for them to open a tour with a song that nobody's ever heard before yeah, that's a little unexpected. Um, and I think it was under very specific circumstances that it happened. So we're talking about the tour is opens with Come Tomorrow, obviously the name of the, the title track of the, the new album coming out. I think it was under circumstances. So the day of the concert, um, you may have heard in the news, there was a, um, a shooting in Texas. And um, so the band comes out and Dave just starts off right before anything and says, hey, if anybody is here that knows somebody that was affected or, or, or was affected themselves, you know, um, I just want you to know that um, this is Dave talking that, you know, I think he lost his um, uh, sister to uh, gun violence mm-hmm. and lost his, uh, um, I think, uncle to uh, gun violence. And I apologize if I have that wrong. Um, and he said, you know. I think that's it came from that feeling that they wanted to start the start with that song. I don't know if it would have happened in any other things. I think they thought it was very fitting to start the show with Come Tomorrow. And it's 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 a good song. I don't know if it's an opener. You don't, you'd think you'd get to like you were saying, um, usually come out with some strong energy and something that the crowd knows. It's a little bit different angle, but I think given the context, I, I think it was appropriate. He, though he could have made some of those same comments. Later in the show and played that song, I think they just felt that just right away it needed, they wanted to address it. They didn't want to wait till later in the show. Yeah, I mean that's interesting. Um, Walter Ecke here on on the Facebook Live points out that Broken Things opened the show at uh, for the the band's winter tour in 2012 uh, at the Eisen hmm. Center, in New Jersey. But at that point, we'd heard the song. Right, the album came out in September, I think. Um, on top of that, little fun tidbit that show. They played the entire Away From The World album. So if you were at that show, you would automatically gain the Away From The World badge in DMB Hub. The, the stub. <laughs> the stub. So you would get that. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um, so is not, that the only time they've ever done show. that across any know, of their yeah. albums? I don't even... I was just looking at the show and I'm like, I didn't know they did that. It's a lot harder now, right? It was probably a lot easier back in the day, but... In today's standard to do that, that's... I don't that's know. Difficult. Back in the day, that was away from the world. I mean, yes, it was six years ago, but it's not like it was eight albums ago, and that was their last album. Well, not eight albums, but they had how many albums at that point of songs they could play, right? When they when you come out with, you know, Remember Two Things, or if you want to just count only Under the Table and Dreaming, there wasn't as big of a library to play that you could fit a whole album in a, in a single So what show. you're saying is 2012 is considered back in the day? No, I'm saying I'm saying well no, I'm not saying Uh-oh. I'm saying before that. If it was back that's a lot harder for it to happen if it wasn't back in the day. Like back in the day of Under the Table and Dreaming, there were the catalog of oh. fifty songs, so it's a lot easier to happen than away from the world. The catalog is a couple hundred songs at that point. I guess what you're saying is the odds of that happening are a lot yes. a lot less because they're the catalog is much larger. Yes, that's the point. But I'm I would saying. say even way back I don't think they ever played an entire album's worth of tracks at a show. I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I what was your happened. what was your feeling on the show, Joe? I mean, everybody's, you know, clearly no Boyd, right? Um, 
we got a little bit of a taste of that, what that would be like at the um, the prior to the Super Bowl show. But really, that was kind of a one-off. You know, it was someone unexpected, I think, maybe even for the band at that point. But now that they've had three months since then to to prep for that, to rehearse, to, I mean, now they've got Buddy Strong in there at Keys, which I guess shouldn't be considered a, a violin replacement. It's just, you know, think of it as, not, instead of Butch, we've got another keyboard player. So um, right. how did it, did it sound like DMB 4.0 and was that a better thing or is it just <laughs> different? Um, it, I don't know if it was actually significantly different enough to call it 4.0. I mean, it's it, you kind of have to just given who's on the stage. Uh, but the sound was really good. And I was at both shows, right? I was at the night before. I was at this tour opener, the, the first two shows here without Boyd. Um, and it's night and day difference between the two. I know we talked a lot about the night before concert and we were really down on it. Um, the band was so much more into the kicking off this tour. The energy level on the stage was way better. They were into it. I almost get the feeling now looking back, not only the Boyd thing complicating things for the night before, but I almost feel like that, that maybe this was a, that, that was a contract thing that was maybe multi, multiple years in the working and they were just not really wanting to be there. I'm not sure, but the difference between the two is so significantly different. The sound sounds great. I mean, a lot of times... Um, you get to a Boyd part, and um, from what I could tell, people around me did not notice the the Boyd parts were missing. Like the key, like just kind of like um, plucking or, or, or stroking. Um, I would say I would have to call it out like this. That's where Boyd is. And Rashawn was filling in most of those and doing an awesome job. Um, so Rashawn has really been the new violin, I guess you could say, or fit playing those parts. I think he's got an, a, a mute that he's been using um, to do that. Buddy hasn't really taken on that role. Buddy's been filling different spots, bringing back some of that sound that we've had in the past with Butch. And I have a feeling that piano is pretty heavy on this new album, given the producers. So I think he's pretty essential to play play the new songs too. So um, do you like uh, Come Tomorrow or do you remember Full Band better? Hmm... Good question. Um, I, I'd, I'd have to give some more thought. Um, I'd probably come tomorrow, but I, I, I was kind of a little bit more focused on that one because I knew Do You Remember just only as Dave and Tim. We, that was the first time we heard it as full band. Um, I think I, I maybe I was just a little bit swayed towards Come Tomorrow being being brand new. Okay. okay. And uh, that American Baby intro, outro, <laughs> to uh, Lying in the Hands of God. Well, so here's the thing. Lying in the Hands of God, I don't know I don't know if it's generally loved by the uh, fan base, but I think that's one of the really, um, I think that's one of the gems to come off of Big Whiskey. I, I'm, the, more, the more time that passes, the more I really love Big Whiskey, to be honest with you. I, I, I want to say it's like a big four. It's not the same as... I don't think anything will ever match the first three albums. Let's just move on from there. I'm almost at that point. But Big Whiskey's got interesting production, right? Uh, whereas I think Away From The World felt like felt like the cover of the album. Washed out in colors. very A lot of grays. A lot of beiges. Not a whole lot of depth to that. Just how I feel. But Big Whiskey just feels like it's got that depth that I like. And it's got songs that I can keep going back to and enjoy. And Lying in the Hands of God is a different song than the band's ever put out. I mean, it is a, it is a different sound. Um, and I think it's super pretty. It's got this mysterious vibe to it. 
Um, I like that it's now grown into like the second longest song performed. These shows that they're jamming it out, and it, it's it's truly a unique it's a unique stretch for the band, I think, and I'm happy that it's getting its due. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most upbeat, and you have to be really in tune with the music to enjoy it. If you're there just for a party, you're probably not going to enjoy the song. But like you said, it's jammed out. I find that the solos in that are so much more artistic musically. Yes, like, thank you. They just, yeah, like you, like you find yourself just like, ooh, yeah, that could, was. Cool. Could I postulate that it is almost old DMB where <clears throat> instead of the horn section turning into a horn section, Friday night TJF theme song, that Jeff and Rashawn are are unencumbered by each other and can just be the jazz musicians that they are and play in solo. Instead of turning into this kind of tight little arrangement that they have to repeat over and over again that just bores me to tears, quite honestly. So I feel like lying in the hands of God gives them that breathing room. Yeah, they can be musical. They don't have to just go for straight for the, uh, you know, they got four measures to get the most bang and get the crowd cheering. They can literally build it out. So uh, I jammed to it. I, I danced the entire time they played it, swaying back and forth, and it sounded beautiful. Everybody taking solos on it. And then, um, and then came the part that you that you talked about, American Baby intro outro, the outro. <laughs> um, but dying for that song, dying for that song to come back. I probably mentioned on past you know podcasts that I would love to hear that come back. Um, so when they started doing it, I was amazed. It was awesome, and it fits so perfectly because they did a new. They have a new horn outro. I guess they call it horn outro, but there's a new outro to Lion in the Hands of God that. I'm not aware that they've played before. If they have, it's it's in, only been re- recently in 16 because I know they weren't doing it in 15. Um, but it, it was it was so perfect to do, you know, American Baby intro, ABI with She Says, and it, it just sounds so perfect. The crowd cheered when it happened too, which I was really proud of because, you know, n- not maybe everybody knows that song or could call, spot it out, but I, I think that was one of the highlights of the show, to be honest. Oh, that's, I mean, I listened to it. I... I love the song anyway, and I just I like to see that it's it's slowly becoming one of my favorite newish songs. When I say newish, like within the last ten years or so, um, it's something that I I really think is a great song. Uh, it has a different feel to it, and and it keeps me coming back. I like it. I like it. I'll take a twelve yeah. minute. I'll take a twelve minute. Uh, Lion Hands of God, and then ABI. Right. That's one of those things that was kind of just tucked away and would pop up every once in a great while randomly, which is. What I like about this band, one of the things I like about the band is do more of that. Do more of that mm-hmm. stuff. For, and I've said, we talked about it on the podcast, right? Like when, when number 34 started getting played, don't play it the next eight songs. And I know that, or the next eight shows. And I know that the band, from their standpoint, I try to look at it. It's probably exciting. They played it. It was fun. They haven't played it forever. Let's play it more. Um, but it kind of takes the specialness away from it when they then make it a staple. So, you know, it, it goes both ways. I, I get it. But, um, I do like that they're incorporating that in a different way, right? So they're not playing the song every other show, but they're working it into other songs because it's not really a full song. It's kind of a jam, right? right? So yep. I like how they're I like how they're moving that in there. It's cool. Yeah, uh, other highlights from night one. Yeah, um, they brought back um, Louisiana Bayou, uh, number twenty-seven, and What You Are. Well, it's been a while since we've had What You Are, but the one that actually goes back the farthest is Stand Up. Um, and I think some people probably predicted this with the band working with Babson again. Boy, it's showing, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, the, the stand-up songs are back, and stand-up has already appeared, I think, twice now. And closed the set twice. 
close the set twice. So um, looks like it's going to, you know, get some heavy rotation here this year. Um, it was nice to hear it come back. Heard a lot of people complain. I was excited to get a song. I'd rather hear a song that I haven't heard in a while. And so I was happy with Stand Up. And I, I mean, I don't know what the general consensus is, but um, I'm okay with I'm, it. I'm getting a sense. I, I'm I'm not super upset about it, but I'm also not okay with it. I, I don't. I don't know what the deal is. I, I listen to it, and it almost sounds like when he first they start the jam and whatever, and they come in, and then when Dave's first stand up, it almost sounds like he's being forced. It's like somebody's standing behind him with a gun and saying, "Like you got to sing this, man, and pretend you're enthusiastic." And it just sounds weird to me. I don't <laughs> I think know that's why. That's a little extreme, right there. Well, I'm just—it's almost like Joe. It's a—it's a—it's a euphemism. I think that's I think. extreme. I don't I think, think. I don't think he sounds that pressured. <clears throat> anyway, it just sounds weird. Um, I know, and you're right. I mean, they obviously work with Batson this time around, and it has certainly influenced their their energy, um, and that's why we're seeing more more stand up songs pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, I might this might be an unpopular opinion. I like Bayou. I think the jam in Bayou is awesome when it breaks down to the uh, the Phil Collins uh, "That's All" kind of interpolation or whatever you want to call it. That Phil, uh, that's as far as I'm concerned, that's a Phil Collins cover right there, and then how that whole that 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 I love that, and the way they change keys, I think it's great. Um, one of one of the cooler jams recently, and I'm happy to see that back. Uh, I think they played it to death uh, when it first came out, and "Shake Me Like a Monkey" is received the same fate as that. No matter how cool and fun the song is, man, you just you just cannot drive it to death at 60% of your shows and expect people not to get sick of it. Hardcores at least, right? Um, which is really kind of the audience we're talking to at this podcast. I mean, there are plenty of people who are new fans and they just, they don't have the context and they'll like a lot more than what we might like. And that's fine. But uh, obviously this podcast is for the hardcores and chances are, if you're listening, you're, you're hardcore too. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bayou. Bring it back. Yeah. Well, we got it. Yep, we so got it. Nice, nice addition. Nice to see some good stuff coming back. So it was a great, great opening to opening night, I should say. No distractions from the from you know having no violin. They didn't replace the violin. It worked fine. Um, I would say energy was high coming out of the show, and that led on to uh, night two in Dallas, a short short drive away. So speaking of night two, we then got the debut of She. Yes. So different when i first heard it i thought stone temple pilots but other people other people were saying pearl jam right yeah i thought they were covering pearl jam stone temple pearl jam (laughs) stone temple pearl jam yeah you're sounding like you're making like a mac head uh uh combination song there maybe she is a combination of something there no (laughs) um yeah, it, it doesn't sound super dmb uh i don't know what that means i know we talk about that but um, it's a different sound and I like it. I don't necessarily think DMB when I hear it. I think of what you just mentioned, right? Pilots or, 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 um, Pearl Jam. So I don't know. Is that a bad thing? No, I, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. And I find it hard to hear new songs, um, that are destined for an album. It's diff- It's always challenging to hear it live. I think first, <clears throat> because that's not going to be your definition of the song, your definition of the song, at least for me comes off that album that produced version and then you 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 adapt that for live play and you jam out right um it's always weird to hear it in reverse because i almost have to completely withhold judgment until the album version comes out because i can see 
then I know what the reference point is and I can say, okay, this doesn't translate live or it does translate live where right now it, this song could be amazing and live it really doesn't move me just yet. But it actually might be good live when I've heard the studio and I say, oh, okay, so that's how it, they want it to sound. So this is what they've done to it live. So mm-hmm. um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to withhold judgment. It doesn't move me just yet. I'll say that. Yeah. You know what you, what you just described? That uh, everybody wake up. That's like what you just described to me, like album version versus live version. Which I never got live. I still have not gotten live. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's what that describes me. I, I think it's it sounds pretty pretty cool to so far. Um, I'm excited to hear the album too. Um, and I love the funkiness at the end and the band playing again there. Yeah, it's good energy too. So I could see she getting played a lot um, this tour, based on that. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it as well. Um, we've got like two yeah. weeks till the album, you know, dude. <laughs> I know it's coming real Oof, fast. There's been a lot going on, so it's easy to forget well, about it. But it's funny you say that because I got an email today that my Target vinyl, which by the way, I don't know if you saw, there's a new Target vinyl that is like uh, marble black. I saw that. And clear. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so I ordered that, and I just got an email today that it's like the the release. They said like the release date has changed. They didn't say like it was like postponed. They said release date was changed, and I'm like, what? They're, DMB's not changing the release date of the album, are they? Because that would be kind of crazy. But I think it's just I think they just mean that the Target vinyl is. Is, is that like, your only copy of the album that you bought was through that Target vinyl? It is. Was it like fifty cents cheaper than retail? <laughs> I'm wondering why you picked that one. Uh, I like that one because it quote unquote limited edition. Who knows what that is? Because no one's giving any information on how many are being made. So um, could be a scam. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It was kind of unique, so I went with that. Downside is you pay the same price as the official store, and you don't get the bonus disc. So um, you know that's the kind of trade off. You have to go with the official store to get the bonus disc, and that's the other kind of thing that I heard some people talking about is you get like a download of the album, uh, you know, with the ticket. You download or a CD. You get a of the download album. with physical copies. You no, you get a physical copy or a download. Uh, but if you buy the vinyl at Target, do you also get a, a digital uh, license? You do, which is kind of cool. It actually said that on there. I'm like, that's well, refreshing. Because... I mean, that's kind of cool, but it's lunacy if you don't. So it's it's yes, it's cool, but they're doing the right thing. I mean, we didn't get it on DMB 25 vinyls. I don't. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't get that. And secondarily, like um, books on Amazon, if I buy a hard copy of the book. Give me the digital copy because I ain't going to buy it again. Mm, I'm not going to buy it again. You're not going to. But that that one's extra because it has to take extra work. You got to pay somebody to read it. To wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about audiobooks. Oh. I'm talking about the Kindle. Oh, the or digital version of it. Okay. Right? Same got thing, it. right? Yeah. So instead of buying the, the digital copy, I buy the physical book and then I just download the digital copy. Right. I don't yeah. get that. I don't get that. That's silly. Yeah. So it's, um, I, I don't get the bonus disc with it. So that's kind of like, and then you don't get the bonus disc if you get the free album with your ticket either, which is, I think I've heard some people kind of like feel like they now obligated. They already got five, 10 albums from the tickets. And now if they want to get the bonuses, they got to buy a 12th album. So I have um, not bought the album yet, Joe. Uh, if you're in my boat and you know what you know, what would you recommend I do to obtain the album? Now, now I'll give you this caveat. I do want a couple copies of the vinyl because I want one to sit in plastic and I want one to listen to. 
So, so with that, what what should I do? You know, you know who we need to ask. Doby. Doby. <laughs> yeah, we got to get him on here. He says, uh, okay, I, you know, I don't he know says he goes. Ta- he says he goes on tangents, but do we not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. We are the definition of tangent. Right. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't think that they, they haven't described anything like different type of you know, grams or anything like that. And and from what it seems like is we discussed, I think, uh, you know, a lot of times it's the digital audio is just put onto the vinyl. Right. So it, it's, it's not like master. It's, all, it's almost like taking vinyl. an MP3 and converting it back to flack. You still don't get it back. Right. Yeah. So. I don't know that there's going to be any difference between the two vinyls. If you're asking that, um, really, what it comes down to is we can get more information on what limited edition is. If the band's going to forever sell the black vinyl on the official store and never sell out of it, then there would be some maybe more. If the one you're keeping in plastic might be some point to keep the Target one. I mean, I've got a number of the uh, the uh, Away from the World and Big Whiskey releases, um, and I've also got the. Uh, well, I got DMV Live 25, obviously, and then uh, some other the live tracks. Was it the live tracks? The first mm-hmm. couple were they they release on the vinyl. I've got a couple, two, three, yeah. four of them. Those are those are cool to have, but obviously the prized possession is the BTCS that's signed by Dave himself for me. That's that's <laughs> that's something that's going to the grave with me. It's why has he got a vinyl album laying on his chest? <laughs> he could die in peace now. That's pretty cool. Actually, yeah, I'm happy yeah about they, that. they also have. I don't know if you saw. They have some of the um, the DMB Live series now is on vinyl, um, and that's being released now at the same time For as real? this album. I did not know yeah. that. Well, I mean, I'm guessing that's just as expensive, right? Probably sixty bucks or so. Yeah, it's not cheap. That's so, tough to keep up to, with. Yeah, if you want to do the vinyl collection, yeah, you gotta, you gotta yeah, go that. You might want to go that route. Well, to round out uh, the Texas shows, um, night three. Can I, say, can I say one more thing about night two, just real quick? Is no. The other thing that happened night two was Steady As We Go came back. And again, there's the uh, Mark Batson influence. But mm-hmm. anyway, on to night three. Yeah, uh, night three. Um, another another stand-up song shows up. Um, I, some people might not associate it with stand-up because it came around a year or two prior to it, but Hello Again shows up for the first time since 2010, nearly eight full years. Hmm. I mean, I, I think that's a great song. That's a classic DMB song. It really is. Yeah, it's a great song. Actually, it was when I talked to a lot of people before the opening show, I like to ask people what their prediction is for the opener or what song they want to hear. Surprisingly, Hello Again was the top one that I heard. For people, real? I think they... Yeah, I think they thought a little bit of a hey, band's been away for a year, and so that kind of fits yeah. on its own right there. Um, and I think people like the song because they're not going to say they're not going to pick a song that they don't like. But for real, um, hello again. Multiple people wanted to hear that back, and I was, I was, I was it's, all for it. It's a great song, and I'm not a country fan, <clears throat> but Dave does the country vibe really well. Grace is gone is truly one of the most underrated songs that this band has ever done by far. It is a gorgeous song lyrically it's brilliant just really catchy amazing chorus beautiful verse i mean it's a great song um and dave hasn't dabbled into country an awful lot but hello again is another one that's kind of on that fence and uh really really cool vibe and then that chorus is monster i mean it's just it's it's made for a live setting so i'm really happy to hear that come back yeah that it was a, that, night three was a good show i mean new new songs again um, with uh, rooftop and drive in, drive out coming back. So those are those are pretty cool. When was you know, our last no... drive in, drive out? Anyway, 
I'll, I'll, I'll pull that up here on Tour Central here just in a, in a minute here. Yeah, I mean, we've got. Uh, let's see, boy. I think Samurai Cop. Um, it was uh, it was every single show. It was in July of sixteen, so that was away for no no time at all. That was basically towards the end of the last tour. So nothing okay. special yeah. in terms of liberation there, but still a, a great song that's not really a regular. Exactly, it doesn't yeah. get played a ton. It actually only usually makes just like a handful of appearances, and you're yep. lucky if you catch one of them. Yep, yep. So I mean, a pretty decent opening to the to the tour. The thing about 2016 that. Yes, the tour fell into somewhat of a repetitive state, but I I loved how like what for the first however many shows they were pulling out a song that hadn't been played in a number they were liberating a song like every night right, that was cool. That was cool streak. Yeah, they have the depth to do that too, and I guess that might that might might frustrate some people, myself included a little bit, is that they do have the depth in their catalog to do that, um, and they don't always, uh, but it is exciting when when something comes out and. You know, you can get discouraged all you want, and, and I'm guilty of this as well, but um, ultimately this band still has the ability to to shock you any given night. And uh, those nights, well, I've been a fan for, what, coming on 20 years now, and uh, that's mm-hmm. exciting when you've got a band that'll do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I'm so ex- I'm you got thoughts? For... Uh, sorry, Joe. Do you, do you have thoughts on Buddy, uh, Buddy Strong? I mean, he seems to be quietly heralded, I would say. <laughs> that's well put um actually my complaint from uh the tour opener was i couldn't get enough buddy i, I couldn't really hear him enough and every once in a while my, i hear him do uh i don't know it's got probably got a technical name where you run your fingers down the keys you know whatever you know that kind of thing uh every once in a while i'm here to do that and i say oh buddy um so i wanted more of them i just couldn't hear it and i didn't know if it was like if they're doing stereo stack and they're putting most they're putting a lot of him in you know the stage right or you know left side their stack uh and i just was in a bad position but i asked others and they didn't really hear them either so but i would say follow listening to the dallas recordings i think that was maybe corrected and because in she you can hear them really well and better so i want more buddy to be honest or at least want to hear it I, i'm surprised the biggest thing out of it is no one's complained like why did we get why did they bring buddy on and not bring butch on like i didn't hear anybody like say well, bring Butch back. Don't bring I, know, Buddy. I think that's twofold. I think one is because Buddy is so uh, minimized is not the word I really mean, but it's the only word I'm coming up with right now, that he's understated, right? He's not in your face. I think that's good in the long run because as much as we might say bring Butch back, let's not pretend that there weren't a, a large pe- contingent of people who would be like, too oh. much, get rid like like, done. This yep. fan base gets very saturated on things very quickly. So I think it's smart for them to just, you know, ease him in and all of this. But the second part of that is I think there's a large section of the fan base now doesn't know who the hell Butch Taylor is. That's true. That was a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. Um, what, what, when did Butch stop touring with the band regularly? Like, oh, yeah. 07? 05? <laughs> that was yeah, over a decade ago, a Joe. Joe, you yeah. were 52 at that time. <laughs> he just looks incredibly young. But uh, yeah, I, that was a long time ago, especially in the in the fan base world. So um, I think yeah, I think Rashawn puts it the best is 
I can't wait to see where this goes. We're only just like getting started. And once you get more comfortable, it's going to be crazy. And I, I think that's the best accurate description of it. I think maybe a little timid there. He has no reason to be. He's a great musician. Um, but I can't wait to see where it goes. I think we're going to find some yeah. some spots that we'll be looking forward to hearing Buddy and songs. Well, I, I think you, you hit the nail on the head, Joe. You're alluding to the fact that this band is right now so different with the exit of Void, right, that there is a lot of feeling each other out still to happen. And I think we could be blessed in a lot of ways to experience that in real time. And I think that's what we're seeing here. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about, about that, about Boyd's exit, about some of the recent things that have dropped. We're going to take a really brief break. We've been at it for, my goodness, over 30 minutes already. Thank you for sticking with us for a long segment. We're going to take a quick break, um, play a tune here, and we'll be right back in just a minute. My dear, what's your to episode 90 of the Ants Podcast. Um, I am Matt. I'm here with Joe, and we are loving it. We are loving that we're back. 
Uh, we've missed y'all. Um, having a good time so far. Joe's drinking his man can. Uh, yeah, what can I say? Uh, we got, oh my goodness, thank you for bearing with us because we've got a lot to talk about. We, we try not to make these over an hour. We try to keep them under an hour. Actually, we say let's just bang it out in a half hour and it ends up being an hour, to be honest with you. But <laughs> but when I say that we're going to try to keep this an hour, we don't mean to. We hope not to get there. But um, we've got a lot to talk about. There's something, that obviously, that's very much in the forefront, the front burner of the community right now. And that's um, the news about Boyd. Um, and really, it's it's not so much news that this uh, this article from Consequence of Sound, which is kind of a pop culture website. If you look back, they uh, historically are not fans of Dave Matthews Band. They they celebrate the anniversary of the bus uh, in Chicago bridge oh, incident. Serious. Like yes, yeah, so you get an idea of what the point, you know, where this where this website stands when it comes to the band. So take everything there may be that they some bias. Right, take everything what they say. I mean, they might everything that they say might be accurate or you know you know technically accurate or whatever but you cannot ignore the tint in the context in which they in which they write and and what their goal is right so clearly they have some somewhat of an agenda against the band i just want to put that out there and make that clear because it's easy to take things in a in a in a in a vacuum without any context and it doesn't really paint the best picture um so all of that being said um, they basically published an, an article where they report that a lawsuit's been filed against Boyd in the state of Washington, here where I live, and uh, all kinds of allegations um, regarding his behavior against a formal, or former Crystal Garden uh, trumpet uh, player. Um, and again, like we said in our article on the ants, we're not going to go into the allegations. That's you know, you can look that up anywhere if you if you know how to use Google. Uh, the point being, how does it relate to Dave Matthews Band, right? And um, and so the Consequence of Sound article was really deceptive. So what they came out with is they said, they, they asked the band about Boyd, and, and they the PR person gave them the canned answer, is that basically he, we support him, he's our brother, et cetera, et cetera. And then <clears throat> they, uh, they basically followed up with another quote from the band in the same article. And basically the band says, after the allegations came out, we uh boy although boys no longer remember the band we hadn't we had no idea about any of these allegations so what they made it sound like is that one day they were behind them the next day after the allegations came out we knew nothing we're out of here um that was somewhat disingenuous actually in, in researching it further and talking to some people in the know uh what it came down to is that the consequence of sound went to the band and said uh hey what's the story with Boyd? is he in the band is he not and really what when you ask that question out of out of nowhere uh, you get the canned answer. So the band says, uh, we support him, this and that. And then the uh, allegation, the lawsuit came out with the allegations and all those salacious details. And they said, hey, what about this now? He said, well, he's no longer in the band. And we didn't know about this. So the way they made it sound was that both quotes were made in the context of the lawsuit. When the first quote was just a canned response prior to the lawsuit being announced. So it was a little disingenuous on Consequence of Sound's part. Um so it's that's a, it's an important an important uh, distinction I think in in how that came out. That being said, that dovetails with Dave's interview a few days prior that came out on Vulture.com, where he kind of takes a bit of a swing at Boyd, not personally but musically, right? Which mm-hmm. kind of alludes to the fact that the band might not have been all that happy with Boyd's performance. I mean, forget all of the allegations in the lawsuit. Um, back in February, why is Boyd not in the band anymore? And was it was it related to his, 
you know, skill level, talent. I mean, we've all had discussions on the boards about it over the last few years about his performance. Well, he had been getting better. You know, he had a carpal tunnel, and that was affecting his performance. And I think he even admitted, you know, he needed needed to get better. And we did. We we were definitely raving about him in some of the last few, you know, years, last couple summer tours. But um, was he was he 100 percent to the the old old days? No. So yeah, hard hard to. I I don't know if that was part of it or all of it or or none of it. I don't really know. Well, Dave's interview, I mean, that's a good read. And he kind of waxes philosophical. He it, it kind of lends credence to that 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 line that's been thought, taught, tossed out there that the the worst taste in Dave Matthews band music right now is is owned by Dave Matthews. That that it almost you get the feel that Dave is tired of DMB's sound. It almost sounds like he wants to do something a little different. Um, right. And you know what? It is what it is. It's it's hopefully an honest interview. It's a lot different than the than the typical softball stuff that gets that gets pitched up to a lot of these artists. So I appreciate that. But um, you know, embedded you're, with you're, I, I well what? I mean, you're you're. I don't know. I you look. You're more optimistic in this sense than me. Oh, I. I We'll go ahead. I don't know if I'm optimistic. I mean, it is what it is. With what I've heard off the new album right now, and the, and the track list, I, I'm. I said this in the last album. I'm probably in the best position. I've got really low expectations. I hope I'm surprised, but I'm certainly not going in there expecting an amazing album because I'm pretty sure I'd be pretty disappointed at that at that point. Um, so I'm okay. If you want to change it and be different, be different. Just. Don't pretend that the hardcores and the people who have carried you this far want that. Right. And he doesn't. I, I, he says he doesn't care. <laughs> but you're but you're using that article to like kind of form your opinion or to influence what you're about to expect from this new album. And part and no, it's it's a piece of it. Yes, okay, it's a piece of it. But it it is influencing and to me that's what I think this is. That Dave article was amazing, and it was, but it was a piece, in my opinion. I don't know this for a fact. It was a piece of the PR machine. Uh, it is all marketing. It was strategically released a week after the, you know, a week after the single. What are we gonna have, or whatever? This, I'm getting the order mixed up. We announced the track list, and then after the track list, we on Monday released the article. Then on Friday, we released the single. It was the flow of information. Oh, of how okay, it- so. By any kind of measure, you would consider that article a little bit of a downer, right? It it had some specific things that it, it was a downer, yes, but I think you know it was strategic there to lower expectations, to, not to lower expectations. You want it to connect with Dave and to be like, oh, he's really hurting inside with his what he wants to do musically, and you can he's kind of tortured by this party band thing. And he he dreams of doing other kind of music, and he wants to do music his way. And in the past, the music hasn't been his way. People have influenced him. Oh. And so you're getting all that, and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to listen to this album. This is Dave his way. So it's going to be different, and I'm going to like that better because before Dave was influenced on what it should be, and this this one is – this one is truly him, and I feel like I'm closer to him okay. after reading that article. You arrived at the point, and, and uh, fair enough. I was going to say that all sounds like, to me, a lead into this is why this album sucks. Don't get your hopes up. But 
you said this is Dave his way, and that may be true, and I'm willing to hear that out. Uh, and I think it's it's Dave his way, and it's really it's a lead in that this is different. This is yes, there are some songs that you're gonna know and hear, and they have the same sound, but the ones you don't are gonna be different. They're the newer ones, and be prepared for it. Okay, um, they're they're planting that seed to 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 start influencing our opinion before we even hear the songs. That's part of again. Maybe this is conspiracy theory, but you don't get an article that in-depth. Nobody asks those kind of questions to Dave. They, they get shut down. You don't do yep. a photo shoot um, with an article like that. Um, there, you know, There's a whole bunch of things that it's like that was premeditated. Um, and what was the reason it was premeditated? So, okay. We've heard Samurai Cop. Yep. We've heard the live versions of Come Tomorrow, Do You Remember, She. Um we know what can't stop is. We have <laughs> we're, heard pretty, Black, we're pretty sure, yes. Black and Bluebird. We've heard Virginia in the Rain. We've heard Bob Law slash again and again. With all of that, I mean that's more than half the album. Um I I, I am I am concerned with what this album is going to be. We have just now the track uh, "That Girl Is You," a version of that track, whether that's final or not, has leaked. Oh, um, it seems to be one of those Australian Spotify next day, seventeen hours ahead of us kind of thing. Nineteen hours ahead so, of us. So um, by the time we wake up tomorrow, it, it may be in the U.S. We that's don't know. kind of what what the word is out there, uh, and there are different different judgments on it, but. I was listening to Crash, and I hate to, uh, here I said let it go, right? I'm listening to Crash the album last night, and I'm just like, what happened to these, what happened to the songwriting and the, it, what, what is the studio curse that's come over them that it just sounds like they can't, I will tell you that I'm hoping those other seven, six, seven songs that I haven't heard really blow me away because Black and Bluebird doesn't pump me up, Virginia in the Rain doesn't pump me up, Samurai Cop I think is boring, uh, she okay maybe come tomorrow okay maybe um that girl is you it's three minutes and 18 seconds so it's like a blur song from the you know the the early 2000s late 90s <laughs> and it's dave with his vocal experimentation it sounds like more something destined for some devil volume two than a dave matthews band album i just don't know what i'm going to be look I, I i keep looking for the track that's going to save this album and I know that's premature, but we all have our hints, and there's nothing right now that has me super fired up. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not as down on Black and Bluebird, and you know, can't stop studio versions. Different different hearing them live, but I think they could pull off some good studio there. So can't I'm stop studio version, Joe. I I mean, there's I feel like if you look at what they did with Samurai Cop, Samurai Cop, they actually changed the whole bridge in Samurai Cop. Well, considering that can't stop is like one big thing, I think that they might switch that up. Who, who, who's to say? But I'm kind of I'm still optimistic about those those songs. I mean, I'm I'm not pumped about them live, especially if they're the traditional songs. I've been very clear about that. But I'm uh, uh, I'm not tossing in, I am tossing in on the. I'm album. looking forward to seeing what kind of design you have on your loving wing sign when we go to the gorgeous year. <laughs> if you're if you're a fan of, oh yeah, idea of you as well, which. I don't know. Just look at the songs that from 2006 that they could have put on there that they didn't. Okay, shotgun. You know, I mean, just just saying. Yeah. 
four different producers. I, this should be an anthology album, not an album. <laughs> it's not an album. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna know. I know we'll know in two weeks. We'll know in two weeks. So I'm gonna write a review because I've written a review for all their albums in the last I don't know what, fifteen years or so. Joe, you might be in for a rebuttal this time around. Is that what you're saying? I'm afraid for your review. I think we might need to get some balance. I some am balance hoping here. against all hope that I am so pleasantly surprised and blown away. I promise you. I mean, look at my last reviews. They're actually all optimistic. They're all probably overrated. It's probably okay. the, the the taste the of moment. new music excited yeah. me a little more than the actual. Right? right? So I definitely fell victim to that excitement. Um, I want... I want, I want to you to be excited. I want, I want to, be, to excited. be excited. I want to love this album. Um, I just don't know if I'm going to. But hey, because I say that now, I hope to. Pr- I hope to be. I hope I'm wrong. I would be. That may be my first paragraph. I'm wrong, you clowns. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm happy to admit it. I'm happy to admit it. But I'm very nervous. Now, what does that mean for the band? I don't know. I don't think Dave cares. That's the good news. This album comes out and it's a turd. I don't think he cares. Right? So that's the good news in all of this. So look at it that way. You might you might you might care more than him. I mean I I, I think there's a lot of people on this podcast that hope that you will admit that you're wrong. I think we have a lot of high hopes. And, if, uh, okay, so all right. So we're if not, I'm, we're not we're not phone book here. We're not phone booking it here. So if this thing is like a three and a half star four star kind of thing are we out of five stars what does rolling stone do four stars not that they're exactly no, the... some of they do like the four yeah, or screw something them. that's confusing yeah, just do five if this album is well received by the fan base and i'm not talking about the pissier fan base that love everything and if you criticize them you're satan but the fan base that we that that, that has good opinions and a, a read on things if this album is loved by everybody I will sit here with a bottle of Sutter Home, white Zinfandel, and I'll drink it on the on the podcast after the album. You know, a couple podcasts after the album when everybody's settled in, I will drink the bottle of white Zinfandel. I might have single handedly just guaranteed record sales for this album. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I'm all in for this now. Sutter Home, white Zinfandel. Mark it down. Like one- one liter bottle, you're gonna finish it. With no, no, the I got sick on one when I was 18. The liter bottle, no, we're going 750. Okay, all right, I'll take it. All right, <laughs> finish the bottle by before the end of the podcast. I'm hoping now in two weeks we get to do this. Listen, I'm hoping my lips are touching Sutter Home in two, in two weeks or a month or whenever it is because I, I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> I like it, yeah, anyway. <laughs> so, um, yeah, now that we've gotten that. Dirty stuff out of the way. It's it's a bit of a bump. So that girl, that girl is you. Um, interesting. I keep hearing from people close to the band um, that they're very proud of Dave's vocal development. They say his voice is as good as it's been in however many years. Hearing the song, and we don't know if it's final yet because we've heard some people say, "Hey, I heard a version of this." That uh, that has horns on it. This is clearly more like a sounds like a Dave solo song almost. Um, we're not going to assume that it's the final, but just we we know what we've heard. Um, it almost sounds like this song is is those people who say, "See how great Dave's voice is. See what he can do." It almost seems like a showcase for his vocals. Now, there are people saying that 
this is not what you would use for a vocal showcase. Uh, there's some there's some frogginess there at times. Um, but I mean, he's going for it, if if yeah. nothing else. I mean, it's there isn't much to the song other than to highlight, you know, to put his put his voice on display. That is the main part of the song. I, I don't know if you call it frogginess. I mean, it's weird because he'll like sustain a sustain a note for like a really long time in the song, but then like he'll let it crack and it'll probably intentionally crack as you know, kind of get this like I don't know Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson kind of uh, you know trying to get some unique sound. I don't know if that's what the uh, the intent here is, but yeah, there ain't there ain't much to hide behind um, with his voice on this one. Yeah. Um... I, I don't know. It, it it stuns me. It would it would be really shocking if this were um, the final version, just because it is really nothing more than Dave. There's a little bit of percussion in there, but I would say uh, E.E. that he put out right that music video and the in the track, the studio track. Dave played every single instrument on that album uh, on that song. Right, he did the different tracks. He did draw, He did percussion. He did percussion on um, Stay or Leave on Some Devil with his mouth. He, that was actually a vocal percussion track. Um, there's nothing on this girl, that girl is you that indicates any of the rest of the band is there. Actually, but, I didn't think about that. That makes a lot more sense now that you say that. It's, it feels like a Some Devil 2 song, and that's not necessarily a knock, but I want to hear more from a Dave Matthews Band album. And I'm not one to forget that the end of Halloween on BTCS, Dave's proven that his voice can be pretty freaking awesome. With that little, you know, opera kind of thing that he does. That was the best, that's the best vocals in terms of sound and range that he's ever shown shown on, a, on an album. This falsetto stuff, I don't mind it, but that doesn't, that doesn't mean you're a vocal pro. I mean, that BTCS stuff was awesome. Granted, his voice, vocal cords are 20 years younger. I mean, mm-hmm. we're not unrealistic here. And, and yeah. Lauren McMahon just says, just listen, that girl is you is different. That might be the point of this album. But then again, we've got seven tracks we know about or whatever. So I don't know what to make of it. Is this going to be an album it's, or is this just going to be some collection? It couldn't be more different than she. Those those two don't even... It's crazy to think about those two on the same album. Yeah, and she sounds like, like late 90s Pearl Jam too. That's the funny thing. Right. Very, very, very different. Uh, there, maybe there's more of a story here. Maybe it'll... Maybe... Maybe we're about to get um, get filled in, and it'll, it'll make this puzzle will make more sense. But yep. at the moment, it's very confusing. Well, you know what's I'm cool just... too is um, with the start of a new tour, Ants kind of gets gets the baffles going, fires up the uh, the campfire, and we get all <laughs> these things that the site just burns on. In addition to the community, and we get it fired back up. The setlist game is back in full swing. Joe, is Heartbreak Kid Tony B even playing this season? Because this guy oh, is a legend. You're... You're, you're spoiling the end. Um, we do have an update for him, but you're going to have to wait. For I'm going to have to wait for that one. Okay, well, tell yes. me about the setlist game because we're three games in. We kind of start to get a pattern here. Who's going to be players this season? Who's not? It's still early, but we do get do get a sense, and we get a little learn a little bit about the band too, because you know this tells us a little bit about how predictable predictable the band is. So. You know, here's some quick stats. Love to give some shout outs to people that are playing the set list game, people that are doing well. So if you're playing, thank you. If you haven't played before, you can play at any time, any show. You can do it from the app. You can do it from the website. Doesn't matter. 
play one game, you can play all the games. Um, but we want to give some shout-outs to those that uh, performed well. So the opener for Woodland is probably the hardest show to play the set. Oh, list yeah. Um, 21 songs were played by the band, so that's kind of a good, I hate 21 um, to start. And um, an average score was 14.39, so that's what the average everyone did. The winner, though, had 40 points, and that was Ice Chips 32. Nice job, Ice Chips. Um, he had 12 songs picked, three of which he spotted. He spotted the Gray Street Closer also, so um, awesome. Only other two other people um, other than Ice Chips 32 spotted Gray Street Closer, and that was Paul G83 and Sparky 3 J. That's my favorite part of the podcast, just so you know, everybody. This is absolutely the best. It's been two years since you that you've got to hear me butcher names. Um, uh, that three spotted was the most songs. Uh, only one other person got that too. It was oh, our could... eighty six. Okay, so nice work there. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah, we lost um, you for a quick second, but you're back. Okay, sorry about that. Um, Tony J Cove. Uh, was a close second with 36 points. You know, he actually had Gray Street as the closer. How, wait, um, how'd you pronounce that? Tony Jaco? You said Tani. No, I did not. <laughs> well, we have the beauty of a recording, so we'll let the listeners decide. Go ahead and hit that back button, 10 seconds. Listen, and you let me know. <laughs> um, this is well, beautiful. This is the best part. Tani or Tony... Um, had Gray Street as a closer, but at the tw- at twenty two songs. Ooh, what's that? A minus 21. six. Yeah. So just just missed. What is uh, a penalty? What is a penalty? Oh, what is a penalty for an extra song? I think it's a minus six. Yeah, and the and the problem. No, an extra song is the only thing on minus um, two two or minus one. But okay. the issue was is if you would have had it, he would have had the closer points and spotting the closer right. points. So that would have been a double bang. About a ten plus. Yeah, that was the big thing. Um. What else we got? Uh, C. Scott Run, who's a fa- who's a frequent here. Oh, yeah, most songs pick at fourteen. Um, no one got the trifecta, which is getting both the opener and spotting the closer. But forty-two people called Gray Street three spotted it. Tour debut um, of Stand Up. Only two people wow. predicted that Stand Up would make a return. So uh, A. Samuel and Subway Forty One. Nice job on that. And you know, funny. Nearly everyone that played the game. Hundreds of people. I think we're over 500 people. Um, everyone, nearly everyone, selected Samurai Cop. Um, so I guess that was pretty darn predictable. People are paying attention. Uh, smart. Yeah, people are paying attention. So next highest was uh, 41 with um, 76. percent But um, would you like to uh, cover Dallas? Yeah, yeah. So Dallas, um, this is interesting because you kind of learn stuff from night one, but you have to be careful because. Are they going to now fall into that pattern or are they going to completely go different than night one, right? So you just, night two, I think, is almost as hard as night one. Do you pick songs that aren't played then, especially that it's a different venue? Um, really tough, really tough. So 21 songs, again, were played. So they, they've got the, they've got the, I think you've got an idea of how many. I mean, you're going to see more people take 20 songs than 22. That's for sure, on average, over the course of the season, uh, the season, the tour. Uh, we got two people with a top score. We got two winners, but only at 34 points. So you can see that. That I mean, I think Heartbreak Kid was was averaging like 32 or 34 in his winning season. So these guys are going well, but you've got to you've got to really spike those higher those wins to uh, to to average out. Uh, last stop and A. A. Miller. Um, they both underpicked by one song. So like I said, they 
20 songs, but they both nailed the opener and closer. The only other person to do that was So Much to Play, aptly named for the setlist game, right? <laughs> uh, last Stop picked 11, spots, 11 songs correctly, spotted three of them. Um, nice. Those eleven, those eleven song picks. That was the top count. Three other people also got that. Again, see Scott Run. He's getting some some uh, some consistency there. Woo Wee and JB VRTA. Um, oh, you didn't you didn't want to go with the, into Woo Wee's numbers? I think it's his phone number or something at the end of it. I don't need to read that out there. <laughs> Social security number. Yeah. So the <laughs> so um, the top three, uh, the top spots. Um, three also. Um, in addition to last stop, uh, four other people got those. Um, what is that, Joe? You. I see three, three, three tops. The, getting the most spots. Three was the most that most people got. Ah. So other than last stop, four other people did. So crush live. So be rad, right? Football team twenty five. Pierce thirty two, thirty three, and the wit eighty five. Who's a plus member? Plus. There you go. The wit also taking some tapes and uploading them to um, the Ants Torrent site. So the wit eighty five. Thank you very much for that. We definitely noticed that and appreciate it. Um, Eighteen people got the opener with Do You Remember. 13 people got that closer of Tripping Billies. Four people spotted that. That's tough. That's that's a great bonus when you hit that. Um, only six people in the entire game picked Steady As We Go. And one of them was Danny Yankew, who was also a Plus member. Danny, plus. thank you very much. Um, the so- top song again picked correctly was Samurai Cop. And then Crash Into Me and Ants followed that as well. Which brings us to night, our third night in the Texas run. Um, Austin, Joe, where, how's that look? That one, another uh, 22 songs there, so a little bit more. Average score actually jumped up to 16.91. Getting so smarter. See, yep, getting smarter. People are finding their, their groove. Um, the winner with 38 points is Cubby's Fan 05, who underpicked by one but was able to still correctly snag 11 songs, three of which were spotted, and picked the closer, which was awesome. Five people actually picked the most 13 songs, um, one of which was DMB 9 Howell, <laughs> that's was a tough a plus one. Member. <laughs> it was a plus member. Plus, um, Timos twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> it was without a doubt the best. I love tour time. <laughs> was um, was the only one that could pick the opener and the closer. Five people called Squirm correctly. Um, one of which was STL. A Y five Saint Lay. Nice to meet you, J O E. Who is a plus member? Oh. Uh, plus, um, fifty-five people were able to predict um, Rapunzel as a closer. Five of which spotted it. Hello again. We we the, the return of it. Sixteen people called that. Oh, nice. Um, but one. Um, one person not only called it but also spotted it. Bingo. CJ Race. Twenty-eight. Thank you, CJ Race, and thank you for Matt for the help on it. Um, more people actually predict drive-in, drive-out to return one hundred eleven than they did rooftop. Only that 26. is incredible. Right. That's got to represent twenty-five percent of the of the people calling drive-in, drive-out. I know that that was pretty crazy. Wow. Um, and it's been and it's been longer since um, drive-in, drive-out has been played. So some people were feeling it. Um, Anyway, 84 people pick, were able to pick Samurai Cop, so I don't know what's going on with the remaining 16 and aren't getting the clue that Samurai Cop is going to be played twice at every show. Um, <laughs> Samurai Cop is going to show up almost as often as Joe does at these shows. <laughs> so you might want to get that. So that was Austin. Uh, 
Matt, do you want to give us the top three in the leaderboard? Here's the top three. So, so long. So consistency is 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 the key, folks. If you can average, you know, 26, 30, 32 points a, a game, you're going to end up towards the top of the leaderboard. Right now, C. Scott Run at the lead in the pole position with 86 points. Jahuk, J-A-H-U-C-K, Jahuk, Jahuk, whatever. He's in second right on his tail with 84 points. The way 85 plus member... Plus. Is in third with 78 points. We got a really tight race here. I mean, it's way early. Even if you haven't started playing yet, if you jump in and you start nailing it, you can climb the, that ladder real quick. So um, be sure to jump on and play with the Ants Atlas game. Now, you can play it both on the Ants website, right? So you go to antsmarching.org. Right at the top of the line, there's a Setless game button. Bang. You play that, you can make your picks right through there. Um, if you're an iPhone user, you can also play the game right through the, uh, the DMB Hub app which is written specifically to be a companion app for AntsMarching.org. The setlist game is right in there. You sign in with your user account. You pick the uh, you pick the show you want to take your picks, and you make your picks. Boom, you're done. You have up to an hour before the show starts. Is that right, Joe? Something like that? Yep, yep. Before the picks lock. And there's actually a countdown for every show. So it shows you how much time you have. If you have an hour and four minutes, it shows you how much time you have before you um, before the picks lock. So um, check it out on DB Hub, Hub if you want. And, uh, and it's it's a fun time. It's a fun time. It gives yeah. you a, a little bit of a fantasy aspect to the, to the tour. And so you asked... You 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 wonder, you know, what where is he? Yeah, you know, setless game winner of the past two summer. That's tours, unbelievable. Finishing twice in second place and twice in it's fourth just, place. He's just prolific. The, the four summer tours before that, dating all the way back to 2011, he's even won a winter tour in there. <laughs> the myth, the legend, the kerning current reigning setlist champion and undisputed top gun heartbreak tony b heartbreak tony b is tied for 143rd place <laughs> after tiebreakers with 52 points right now he's 34 points behind Listen, the leader that's one monster show and he's back in it i i would i would not bet against this guy there's it, gonna be crazy to see him just how long it'd probably take him like four shows and they'll be in first place i don't know it'll be interesting to you're see. right and i i love the fact that you researched that to figure out where he was and that you checked out his history that's yeah. great and and in fact i like the idea of the heartbreak kid himself being an underdog this year i'm okay with that i will root for him whoa i want this to no collusion no insight i just i like the fact that he's kind of laid an egg so far <laughs> he's just getting warmed up. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if it's all he come out the game strong in the past, but I mean, he's averaging like as far as you know, he'll get up. Last year second place winner crashed. Yeah. He's averaging like 16 points a game. That's pedestrian at best. Yeah. This is uh, not this is not the heartbreak kid Tony B that we know. <laughs> I truly expect him to step it up and you know what? He could be duffing it right now. He could yeah. be playing Vegas, getting those odds to come way down. And then, then he just goes on his run. And I don't even think he's even bothered to play Samurai Cop any of the three nights. For real? No, I don't know. <laughs> Tony, 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 Tony. What um, are you doing? The, only other, the other only notable is last year's second place winner, Crash 1983. Um, doing a little bit better. Tied for 33rd place after tiebreakers with 65 points. 21 behind the leader. So we'll... 
keep an eye out for some of those notables past winners, and we'll see who um, climbs the leaderboard. But you don't have to play every game. We do announce winners for just individual games. So if you can't make everyone, don't feel like you're left out. Yeah, you want to get your name thrown out there on Twitter? We uh, we like to advertise the winners for each show. So uh, definitely keep playing. It's a lot of fun. And this is this is why we get to watch Joe try to pronounce your name on the podcast. <laughs> it's the best. The best. Um what else? So DMB Hub, we got some new stuff going yeah, on there. Exciting. A few exciting. new things. Joe, do you want to talk about it a little bit? No. I think is, you should. I don't want to I I see it too much. I look at it, I'm sick of it. No. Nauseous. No, you were not. This is so so amazing. You got a new version out now with a major, major release. Streaming music, streaming shows, um, which is just awesome. So first of all, I have to say, this is not even possible without the tapers. So thank you to the tapers. Um, they make this possible for us to be able to listen to shows mm-hmm. on places other than just YouTube. So that's great. That's great. But you know, I think it's I think it's amazing. We have a bunch of the Come Tomorrow live tracks on there that you can listen to and get familiar with if you're about to attend a show and want to get familiar with them. If you want to hear some of the first shows, get familiar with the, what the new bounce band sound is like. Just play it on your iPhone. You can actually even work in other apps and do other things on there, and the music keeps playing. Um, Pretty sweet and pretty cool that we can um, offer this up to the community and, um, you know, use up all of our bandwidth. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, That's that's another cool thing that I don't know how many people are noticing, but um, uh, if you play the playlist in DMB Hub, you can also swipe back down on it and... You can somewhat minimize it into kind of like a little little tray um, thing at the bottom of DMB Hub, and then you can continue browsing the hub. You can do show flow voting. You can um, check out Tour Central. You can check out the Setlist game. You can do all of that while you're listening to the music, so you can kind of minimize it. Um, it's kind of a little bit like a tray. Um, it does also allow you to background the audio, so if you swipe out of the app and go about your day, it will still play. So you can be driving in the car, using your navigation, and still listen to the show. Um, we really, uh, we're really excited to be able to offer this again. Like Joe said, the tapers, the ones who enable this all, right? I mean, they get, they get, they get up there. They, uh, they do an amazing job taping. I mean, they're darn near soundboard quality recordings of these shows. Um, they sound amazing and they share them with the community and, um, we're just trying to, to spread, uh, that spirit and get as many people as possible to listen to these concerts as easily as possible. Um, We've been doing show downloads and torrents for the better part of our existence in Ants, almost 16 years. And this is just kind of an extension of that where people who might not be so technically inclined to do torrent downloads can still listen to the music. The number one question I get is, how do I get this torrent download on my on my iPhone? There's no mm-hmm. quick answer to that, right? There is there is no quick answer. Um, DMB Hub, we want to add that so where people can just tap and listen to the song. And I And I think we've accomplished it. We've been getting a lot of um, really encouraging texts and emails and reviews and posts. We're really excited about that, and we're glad you're liking it. I personally, programming it, am surprised it's so stable. Like, I thought we'd be getting all (laughs) kinds of bug reports. It seems to be working pretty well, pretty well. Um, So uh, that we're excited about that. It is a constant beta, just so you know. It it can change tomorrow. but we're happy that people are excited about it so far. Uh, we're always looking to, to improve it, to change it, to, to, to tweak it. Um, I've actually submitted a new version to Apple earlier today that has track lengths 
in the playlist so you can see how long the songs are. Um, I don't know if scrubbing will ever come to it, but if you want to scrub, download the torrent, put it on your system, and 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 track scrub that way. We realize we don't have to be everything to everybody all the time, but I think for quick listening to the latest shows, um, I think it's pretty good. So if you haven't already downloaded DMB Hub, it's free. Um, you're certainly welcome to subscribe to Ants Plus uh, when you're in there through the app or through the website um, just to support the site and the app in general. But um, it's free, and you just have to download DMB Hub on the uh, iPhone App Store. Cool. Yeah, I got it. Do you? I got it. I'll put it up on my phone. Let me right see. Here. See, probably even one of my uh, one of my hot items. Yeah, got to see what else is on there. But <laughs> yeah, you got to watch out for that Tinder. Nope. That's I, got, a joke. I got. This was this was the um, this was the fun thing from um, from my Houston trip was doing this. That was from Silicon Valley, wasn't it? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Just break out the air horn anytime. Oh my goodness! Uh, but yes, uh, DMB Hub app. I use it frequently, and it worked for all the um, first three shows, which is great too. Yeah, I think um, it currently supports anything newer than an iPhone 5s, including a 5s. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't know how many devices that is four or five hundred million across the world that it can run on. So we're hoping to achieve full penetration in all five hundred million <laughs> iPhones. We're hoping it gets on all of them, but you know, full penetration. Yes, <laughs> it's always the goal. Um, to those on Twitter who consistently ask when it's coming for Android, I do have a release date for you: February thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Yes, yes. So next time you ask, refer to this: February thirtieth, twenty nineteen. Yes, definitely. But uh, yeah, we're, we're constantly improving it. A couple things that are coming up, not in this version that just submitted to the App Store. That has a couple bugs in it that we're fixing. But um, hopefully for like version two, we want to do live. Uh, well, you can look at the live set from the app, and I'm sure a lot of you who use the app use it for that, right? Where you're checking out the set. We want to also be able to let you do live set list game scoring. So you can see your live score as the, as the show is going on. That's, that's a big goal right there. Um, let me see. Let me bring up my little... Do I have it out here? I don't know where it is. Now I've lost it. Anyway, I had a little to-do list, but that's one of them. And uh, we're also going to do a streaming area where you pull over your menu, and you're going to have another menu item for this for, for music streaming where we put our playlist together or live shows, or we're going to do something called... You might have seen it on Ants called In the Spotlight, where we curate a show and kind of tell you what's special about it, and you should listen to this. Um, maybe from back in the 90s, things like that. Kind of our own version of DMB Live, um, but but um, off of uh, either soundboard or taper recording. So uh, we got a lot of stuff ahead of us. We're very excited. We are actually going to show you the badges that you don't have but can get to, by the way. That's oh. a very requested feature. Okay. Very highly requested. So that's another thing that's on the list. Is uh, As soon as one of you can make a 36-hour day, I will get right to it. <laughs> Please let me know when you make that happen. I think I think February thirtieth is a, a thirty-six hour day. Okay, that then we're good. Uh, if you wouldn't <laughs> would be so kind to go on uh, the App Store and review the app, we would love you for it. Same with the uh, podcast. Go on, uh, go on Apple Podcasts and review this. Review the podcast. Give us a, give us a, an eight star review. Right? 
more if yes. Joe shows up at your birthday party and sings you a couple songs. But uh, <laughs> we would very much appreciate the reviews. It helps us in the rankings and just gets more people to listen. That's what we want. We're not really gaining anything from here other than man can wine, right? I love being Mr. Man can wine. So Brad Kasachi wants to know, when is Joe's song generator coming back? You know what? Can I can I just play something here really quick? I, it's not... It's not uh, we're not going to do the song series right now, this episode. We might bring it back. But can I just play the, the jingle for old time's sake? Oh, jeez. Can I? Would you mind? Oh. And now, your favorite ants podcast segment and mine, Joanne's DMB Vote Song Series. Does anybody else miss that? Because I sure do. <laughs> I think that's I think that's got to come back, right, Joe? Uh, maybe when we have uh, some downtime, thirty-six uh, hour have, days. Yeah, when when we don't have an album to talk about, we don't have a tour to talk about, and thirty-six hour days come about. Um, I think that'll be the perfect perfect time to bring it back. All right, that works for me. Uh, do you have anything else before we wrap up here? This has been a really great episode. Can't wait for the next series of shows here. Um, stay t- tuned to the weather warnings out there, folks, for the upcoming shows. It sounds like there may be some possible postponements. Um, so just stay stay on the venue web pages on that. But looking forward to two more weeks to the album. Yeah, most definitely. We've got about two weeks to go. Um, we're going to, again, because it's tour time, we're going to try to get more regular with these podcasts. So we really appreciate you hanging with us. Looking forward to E91. This has been episode 90 of the Ants Podcast. I am Matt. This is Joe. We really appreciate you hanging out and spending your night with us, y'all. Take care. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the AntsMarching.org podcast. Visit AntsMarching.org and be part of the largest DMB community on the Internet. Show downloads, tour central, personal show stats, and set list game, and so much more. AntsMarching.org, the best stop for all things DMB. DMB.